Welcome to Fusion and Hockey Podcast Season 5. The only podcast called Fusion and Hockey Podcast, which is in its fifth season. Crazy. As you can probably tell by the sound of my voice, we are starting Season 5 uh, with me having a bit of a cold. Too bad. We are also starting in a room we've never been in before, which is very echoey. Extremely. I'm, I hope it doesn't reflect in the audio too strongly. But just in case, I'm I'm actually I'm holding my sweater very close to the microphone, which yeah. will which will hopefully have at least some impact in minimizing echo. Interesting. Maybe I'll try that out. You can lead us off while I take off my sweater and maybe hold it in my arms. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. Starting the episode with Taisei putting his microphone down, removing his sweater, which he will presumably then you know hold next to the microphone. Uh, I, oh, as you also heard off the top of the show, our brand new season five intro music. Yet, yet another variation on the theme. Always lots of fun. This one's one of my favorites. I think. I, told I you was glad you said that. To me. What if you had to rank them all? What if I had to rank them all? Yeah, all five. Do you remember I, them enough? I couldn't do them on the spot right now, but you know what? Maybe that'll be a draft when we're done twelve years <laughs> yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Draft the versions of the theme uh-huh. song. Uh, full disclosure, I threw this one together about half an hour, so even now I go, eh, there are some things I probably could have improved upon, but it's too late. I like the, the moment at about 13 seconds in, you know, when, when the, the, the snare changes up. Oh, yeah. And I, I reharmonized that last part of the melody so that it's underneath, so that it's on top of a six chord. What was it before? It was just on the one, like oh, okay. most of the time it was just on the one. Well, that's a nice, fun twist. Yeah. For all the other music majors that also listen to our podcast. Yeah. Or don't even have to be a music major. You can just know, you can just maybe understand what I'm saying, but maybe not. That's right. Very nice. Good start to our fifth season. Yeah. As we, uh, yeah, it's a pretty slow week, in case you couldn't tell. Um, trading caps have opened. Not, not pre-seasons have opened. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It started in Australia. Uh, yeah. We had, what, Kings and Coyotes. Did you see that Logan Cooley goal? I did. That was very nice. I was on the fence about drafting him in our fantasy draft. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I'm taking him. Yeah, that's still ongoing, if anybody cares. We're in the last round. But yeah, best prospect in <laughs> the world. Best prospect in the world, Logan Cooley. Did you see yeah, Connor Bedard's yeah. goal in that, um, in, I think it was the, the Blackhawks intra-squad scrimmage? That, that same game. Was that the game he had a hat trick? Or? No, that was the prospects tournament. Okay. And there was the intra-squad scrimmage. Oh, he was, he still looked miles ahead of everyone, at least on that one play I saw. Mm. This is what Fine so this is part of the everyone training camp, right? Yeah. Explaining this. Very nice. Oh, he's he's, he's beat him now. Beat yeah. Him I would say this might be an unpopular opinion, but I would say probably Connor Bedard is the best prospect in the world, and not Logan Cooley. <laughs> what a hot day! Yeah. <laughs> I guess both of them only were technically prospects for a few more weeks. Yeah, I guess so. But don't tell uh, Arizona's fucking PR team. You know, they're, yeah. they're all over that bit. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I could foresee the two of them uh, being like the best rookies we've had in a while. Mm. You mean like the best one-two punch, or like Logan Cooley is head and shoulders above everyone we've seen in the last in a while too? Yeah, I would say like they're both kind of head head and shoulders above. Like, who who won the Calder this year? Beniers, right? Mm, yeah. Matty Beniers, and we kind of talked about you like not a great rookie class. Beniers, you know, he was solid. He wasn't a star. Was more excited the year before, you know. He was a, like 
very impressive for someone to become like a number one defenseman their rookie year. But I feel like if you're going to take what we see this upcoming year with Bedard and Logan Cooley, either one of them would have blown either of the last two Calder winners out of the water. Yeah, That's kind I of think, my prediction. I think, I think you're right. This year they have the potential to kind of blow your mind with what they do. As like an actually genuinely impressed for an NHL player, while like it feels like the last couple of years has been like, yeah, they've had good seasons. It's impressive for a rookie, you know, but you know, it's for a rookie that the, the standards are lower and yeah, it's not, you know, it's not blow your mind kind of seasons. They're both, both solid in their own rights, but. I miss the like the 2016 rookie class. Do you remember that year? Because uh, Dylan Larkin was a rookie. He made the All Star team. He won fastest skater. Right. And halfway through the year, he was like on like the hockey news cover, like the super rookie next Jonathan Taves. He wasn't even a Calder finalist because that's how good the class. It was Mc- the finalists were McDavid, Panarin, uh, and Shane Gostisbehere. But like he had a remember he had an insane rookie year. Right. He had like that 12 game point streak or whatever. That's what I miss, that rookie class. You, 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 you clamor for those days? Yes, I'm nostalgic for the days of the 2016 Calder Trophy race. Yeah, I think about that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's the rookie talk. Cam, anything else from the preseason of note? Um, preseason, what else of note? Well, I mean, I watched the highlights of the Habs-Devils preseason game yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, as you know, um, my schedule, uh, mainly with school, but with a few other things also, is very mainly uh, evening taken up, which means I, sadly, this semester will not get to watch very much hockey, at least not very much live hockey, which is disappointing for sure. But I watched the highlights of the Habs-Devils game this morning, and what actually uh, made me specifically want to is people were talking on Twitter about some specific bad play made by Logan Mayu. Okay. Um, I think it was on the penalty kill, uh, and he was basically on the forecheck as a defenseman. <laughs> and, you know, Jack Hughes ended up basically completely embarrassing him. Um, which, is, you know, that is Jack Hughes against a, not an NHL defenseman. Then I watched the highlights. Uh, Habs scored the opening goal. It was Xavier Simoneau to Joshua Roy. Very good play. Very nice. I think maybe, you know, you never know if one of them could... So I think specifically Joshua. He's been really tearing up the QMJHL for the past couple of years. Uh, I'm rooting for him to, to make the team. I don't, I don't really have a great sense of how much of a long shot that is. But. Right. Well, we'll see. I got the, uh, I'm still subscribed to Habs alerts on my phone, so even for the, the preseason games, I get a little cold that happens. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, that's that. Let's move to the news. First off, speaking of the Habs. Wait. Yeah. Oh, we don't have some, we can talk a little more with the preseason, whatever. We got nothing. Actually, I guess there's nothing to say. But actually, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the yeah. preseason in general because I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast uh, yesterday. And they were talking a bit about, like, the Leafs preseason game that they had had. And, like, oh, who looks good? And then Jesse Blake said, question, Steve. Do you remember a single thing about the preseason last year? <laughs> and they couldn't. They couldn't remember. And I was thinking, like, oh, do I remember, I remember like, any preseason memories? Um, and I have, like, two, I think, just in general in my life. I have one. From, from all preseasons in your life? All preseasons. Well, besides the stuff that happened yesterday, you know. Okay, yeah. But in um, the preseason 2016, I remember I was talking to, uh, I won't name who, someone in our high school. Sure. The day, it was actually the Habs opened their preseason against the Devils uh, that, that night as well, just like this year. Coincidentally, maybe. 
I was talking to someone in our high school, and I was like, yeah, you know, cool, we're going to watch The Devils. I was saying we're going to get to watch Taylor Hall's Devil's Debut. That's cool. <laughs> and this person said, no, it's the preseason. They're not going to – it's the first game of the preseason. They're not going to play Taylor Hall. They're not going to play, uh, you know, their best players. And I was like, no, no, I think they will, especially because Taylor Hall is new. Someone's new, a new arrival to the team. Often they'll get into the preseason uh, as early as possible. And this person was like, no, no, no way, it's not happening. Then Taylor Hall played for the Devils that night. I was like, fucking told you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my memories. And my other memory, I remember in uh, 2011, which was the 11-12 the season, was the first uh, full season that I was a, a really you know, a hockey fan at all. I said I was nine years old at this point. Um, and I was so excited that entire summer. I was going to be a fan the whole year yeah. uh, and as the preseason started I would, I would it didn't really click in my head that like I mean like even like my dad was telling me like you know the preseason like exhibition doesn't count for the standings for the real standings and I was like yeah I understand but to me what mattered wasn't the standings it was just the game you know it was just a bunch of games and every game if the Canadians are playing I've got to cheer for them you know to win doesn't matter what time of year it is and he even when we're like you know like the the players you know, a lot of them aren't going to play. And I'm just, either that like didn't occur to me or I just like didn't believe them. <laughs> and then like, you know, they take the ice in the first game of the preseason against the Dallas Stars. It's a bunch of people I've never heard of. I'm like, where is everyone? What's going on? But still, you know, I'm rooting for them. Go team. They get shelled. It's like 4 nothing Dallas after the first period. I think they lost 6-3. That was really sad. Wow. That's the story. Very nice. Run of the mill. Dallas-Montreal preseason game. I think Michael Ryder scored for the Stars. <laughs> was that was that, that was after his stint, eh, in Montreal, I guess? Uh, well, after his first stint, but before his second stint. Okay. The next season, uh, they would acquire him for Eric Cole. Remember that? I don't. And that's why Brendan Gallagher switched to number 11, because Ryder took 73. Interesting. Very nice. Well, who's, my one memory is, was that, I don't even know if it's during the preseason, there was that sense player that like Austin Matthews had beef with, but this guy was like a bottom of the Scott rock. Sabrin. Yeah, Scott Sabrin. That, that's that's my one. That's, that was in the preseason, right? Like, the, yeah. The, 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 I, excuse me. I want to say like 2019. Yeah, I think so. And then like the whole bit was like I don't know after they're taking me like check the nameplate or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my one preseason. I remember that. I, literally, I think that is the reason Scott Sabrin made the sins out of camp. <laughs> they kind of they ride around it like, this is our underdog guy. Fuck you, Matthews. Uh, made the team. Wow. Lovely. Yeah, I, still, I still see his name every so often. Scott Sabrin. Honestly, he has Austin Matthews to thank for a career at this Honestly, point. Honestly, though. That's the, yeah. <laughs> it's the only reason I know his name. And, you know, I, I remember every time I see Jesus, yeah, him. he's still bouncing around somewhere in the AHL. I don't know, where does he signed with? Are you going to check? Sure. All right, yeah, nice. Um, and, of course, there was the famous 2013, like, David Clarkson jumping over the bench, 10-game suspension thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that's on the shark, by the way. Yes. Um, oh, <coughs> sorry, I got a bit of a cough. Um, you mentioning, uh, like, the Senators in the preseason reminded me do you remember, um, it would have been Sen's training camp, probably like 2015, 2016, 2017, somewhere around there, Patrick Seeloff hit his own teammate in like mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Remember, who was, was it Bobby Ryan? 
Yeah, that sounds right. Who, yeah, and he like yeah. injured him badly, his own teammate. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. Um, and for some reason there was actually like, I don't remember actually the details because was Patrick Seeloff? I remember him being strangely not that publicly apologetic about it, and people were actually kind of speculating like, oh, is there like some kind of beef or drama? And then he was traded to the Flames, something like that. Hmm. Let's see. It wasn't. It was Clark MacArthur. Ah yes, Clark who, who I got knocked out. And then like, and Bobby like Ryan played again, didn't he? Who MacArthur? I don't think so. And then Bobby Ryan went after like they they, they fought like he fought yes. uh, Patrick Zilov. Um, I'll look into Clark MacArthur, but but yeah, that's the story there. Um, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Rings, rings a bell. Rings a bell. Speaking of the sins, they're somehow like Ann Lauer now is like, oh, we're in cap cap trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what what year was this? This was twenty. This is uh, seven years. There's no date on this. This is annoying. Uh, hmm. I want to say like 2016. 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, he played four more games. Oh, he played 19 <coughs> games. Okay, Clark MacArthur played four games that, that regular season, played all 19 games in the playoffs. Oh, yes. Oh, in the sense, playoff run, of yep. course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he was still dealing with injury troubles oh, at that right. point. Literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, Ann Lauer spoke this week actually. It was like, oh, Sands, you're on cap, we're in cap trouble, struggling to sign Shane Pinto. Maybe you have to trade Matthew Joseph. Yeah, that's the word on the street, isn't it? Yeah, insane that a team that is A, not a playoff team, yeah, this mediocre, and yeah. doesn't seem to have any albatross deals, a few overpayments here and there, of course, specifically Artem, Artem Zub, Travis Hamanick, Jonas Corposalo. Um, that they are really up against it. Yeah, so mid, so mid. Yeah, like you say. Because I was um, looking at. Well, okay, you go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's just uh, it's just accumulation of uh, slightly bad deals really adds up. But yeah, what are you saying? And not even. I think it's also a lack of bargains. Mm-hmm. You know, because like Schutzla eight point three five. That actually that might be a bargain. But like Brady Kachuk's making over eight. Josh Norris is making almost eight. Claude Giroux, six and a half. Tarasenko, five million. Drake Batherson, almost five million. You don't look at any one of those and go, that stinks. But that's your entire top six. And if they're all making around fair value or ever so slightly above, that adds up very fast. Yeah, especially if you, so you have a little room for error, right? So if you, you, you add a couple more, like, you know, bad deals or overpayments, um, and now you're, you're kind of stuck with a mediocre roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, not, not in a good space. Uh, and. Yeah, it looks like Matthew Joseph is the uh, odd guy. How does he want to get Pinto in? What's their uh, cap? What's their cap number right now? Like zero. Uh, it says their projected cap space is about one hundred twenty thousand, which is not enough for a player. They've <laughs> got to sign better. Pinto. Yeah. Um, they also got Josh Bailey on the PTO. Maybe they were looking to mm-hmm. sign him. Yeah, I guess tr- trying to find a trade partner for Matthew Joseph is the. Uh, Easy way out, but then again, I saw the price was like a first round pick. Um, yeah, to be good fucking rate. luck with that. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. I'm not surprised. I'm a little surprised Eric Branstrom isn't a trade rumor name coming yeah. up a little more because he's two million against the cap. Oh, okay. Um, and he's 24 years old. We know it hasn't really worked out as with all the hype, but I think that's the type of defenseman some team could go. We can fix him, and they honestly might be correct to to say that because as soon as he got to the Sens, it seemed like DJ Smith never really liked him that much. And they do have, you know, a logjam on the left side of it. You know, Shabbat and Sanderson are the two. And Chukrin shoots left as well, but he's actually been 
shifted to, to the right side. So there's not, I mean, Brandstrom, if he's staying, he is definitely on the bottom pair. And they even have some other younger defensemen who are knocking on the door a bit. You know, Tyler Clevin, Lassie Thompson. Hmm? Oh, yes, JBD, Jacob Bernard Docker. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if he fits into their long-term plans. No, I, I think the feeling is it seems that they don't want to you know, give up on the dream. They don't want to sell as low as The Eric Branch dream? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, that, I, I feel like that's, you know, you got a prospect, he's 44. He's got a year left. Maybe it's easier to get rid of a guy like Messi than left where, you know, he is what he is. He's at like 26 years old, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I would consider it if I was a send, you know. Sure. Anything see what you, you, see what you can get for either one of them. Yeah, jeez, you gotta listen to anything. This is a real, real pickle. You know what I would have done? Not sign your your Scorpisala five years, twenty That's million bucks. Right. Yeah, then you'd have a whole lot more money to sign Shane Pinto. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What else? What else on this? What else sticks out on this cap sheet? Yeah. yeah nothing. Not much. Well, I guess you know. Did I say this on the show recently? Like, you look at the Sens fully projected like the projected fully healthy roster right yeah. now, it is so clear how they are, have divided like top six, three players on a third line, three players on a fourth line. And if any of those fourth liners are playing above the fourth line, you're probably in trouble. And same for like the third line in general too. Like fully healthy right now. Projected fourth line, Parker Kelly, Mark Kastelik, and Zach McEwen. What are we doing? Come on. That's, you should, that's... That's a fourth line you can expect to have playing sometime in the middle of the season right. where, you, where you have a few injuries. Yeah. If you're going into the season with that, that stinks. Absolutely. There's no room for injury on this roster. Exactly. And that was their problem last year. Josh Norris gets yeah. injured, kiss the, your dreams of, and hopes of the playoffs goodbye immediately. One, another, again, and Josh Norris was in like a non-contact jersey. Right. Uh, and Shane Pinto's not signed either. It's another thing. Um, so unless you really got, you know, someone surprising out of camp, like... Igor Sokolov, Roby Arvencia, he's pretty good. I like he was good in the AHL last year. So that's that's possible, you know. But it feels like, in, unless there's a surprise or something that you cannot count on, um, one injury to your top six will again throw the balance of the forward group completely out of whack. Oh, 100 percent. Um, and that's uh, an indictment on the on the roster construction there, right? There's there's not there's not nearly enough depth. And you see the best teams, um, when you got that depth going, you can just Injury to your top six, it hurts, but you can, you, you can bring a guy up and he doesn't look totally out of place. For the Senators, you're, you're kind of relying on you know, someone making that step up in the case of the injury and like outperforming the past, uh, what's expected of them, which you know, everyone can do that. Everyone can like, fucking, you know, hope that someone comes up uh, and steps up and, and has some crazy development breakout year, but um, to expect it and to rely on that um, in case of like one injury is you know, you're, you're putting yourself in a tough bind there for, for, for the Senators. And, uh, if you want to talk about a team with some good forward depth, Montreal Canadiens <laughs> <laughs> just acquired Tanner Pearson. Um, I was looking, even before this trade happened, you know, looking at some lineups, and it did seem Montreal, well, they had had a, a log jam at forward, like before they traded away Mike Hoffman, you know, just listing off names, right? Caulfield, Suzuki, Newhook, Doc, Josh Anderson, Gallagher, Monahan, Slavkovsky, Harvey Pinard, Jake Evans, Yoel Armia, Christian uh, Dvorak. That's 12. And they had Hoffman as well. Right. Hoffman's gone now. 
Uh, and now Tanner Pearson's in the picture, but also Christian Dvorak is injured. Okay. Not to start the year. Um, and I think it's long-ish term. Uh, wait, why, why did I look up Christian Dvorak and the top news is Dvorak traded to Canadians by Coyotes from September 2021. <laughs> he's, been, he's been such a nothing year. Not he's that. really been a nothing player. Yeah. And he's out till November. So he's going to miss you know, about a month of the season. And Tanner Pearson, uh, I believe, was, at, was playing with Suzuki and Caulfield at the intra-squad scrimmage the other day. Hmm. So the highlight of a nice goal. He passed a Caulfield in the slot. Maybe that's a good fit on that line. Very nice. Yeah, no, they, 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 that's still, that spot is still very much open. Um, next to Suzuki and Caulfield on that first line. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it's Pearson. Um, yeah, you, you kind of open yourself up to experimenting as the season goes on. Yep. See if anyone can really step into that role. You know, maybe Alex Newhook as an addition. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even think you mentioned Jake Evans, right? In that, in that, in that oh, did I not say his name out loud? Yeah, I don't know. I meant uh, to. But yeah, another guy with a decent contract. I think he's signed for like, what, three more years? Two more years? Uh, uh, he is signed right? after, after this year, one more. Okay. At 1.7. Right. That's, that's kind of pricey. I don't know. It's not worth a shout out. Yeah, I don't know what you're. <laughs> it's kind of pricey. But uh, yeah, solid depth. Solid depth. You know, not, not the greatest top end talent. No, they don't have the top end talent Ottawa does. But if one of these guys goes down, um, bar you know, other than you know, Suzuki Coffee, it was okay. Bring someone up, they'll probably be of a similar caliber. It's funny because, like, in my head, you're thinking, like, oh, this team should improve this year. And I think just by vir- virtue of hopefully, like, Caulfield being healthy all year, Slavkovsky being healthy all year and improving. Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Drouin not being on the team. Caden Gooley improving, stepping up. You think, like, oh, yeah, they'll get better. But when you measure up the roster itself against the rest in the league, I have a hard time seeing them finishing above, like, 26th. Yeah, that's about right. No, no, this is a, a team with just, you know, they've got decent depth, but I think across the board, flat out, not enough talent. Um, you know, kind of reminds me of Seattle in that way, but worse, you know, just the, <laughs> take Seattle, take what I thought of Seattle come, going into last season before they had that great season, and then take it down like three or four levels uh, in terms of the overall quality, and I feel like that's, you know, when I'm talking about the fourth quarter in particular, that's kind of where we get, um, where... Yeah, it's all kind of even. It's all like the player level. I mean, it's not completely flat, but it's like it's not as spiky as you know the, the Senators, where you got like Mark Castle like, on the fourth line. Um, but overall, it seems like the level is. Uh, I mean, it's not a playoff team, right? At the end of the day, they don't have the the, the, the caliber of talent, um, especially on the high end, on the forwards to match up with a team like you know even fucking Buffalo. You know, like it, it feels like I would put more faith in Buffalo to score consistently. Yeah, Buffalo was like second in the league in offense last year. That's true. So, you know, and then you consider like the four other teams that have been in the game. Yeah. So by comparing this team to the Kraken, are you saying that Michael Matheson is the Vince Dunn of the Montreal Canadiens? I am. That's not the craziest comparison. That's kind of funny. It's out there. That's funny. Well, you know, prior to Vince Dunn having his breakout, that's about on par as to Mike Madison today. Yeah, but then Vincent had a breakout. Yeah. And just three years younger than Mike Madison. I guess Mike Madison, in a sense, he had a breakout and that he improved. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm saying pre, pre-Kraken last year and my perception of what the Kraken were last year, okay. which is a te- team with depth but not enough high end, right? Mm. I mean, even them hitting... And extremely suspect goaltending. Yeah. 
Did you see yeah, that goal Montembeau gave up yesterday? Uh, Simon Nemitz basically dumped the puck in, bounced off the boards, and off his skate. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. Wow, that description got uglier as it went on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> dumped it in, went oh, off the boards, off his own fucking skate. Yeah. Damn. Tough look. Yeah. yeah. And Cat Friendly says that's the starting goalie, not Jake Allen. Okay. Interesting. Sure. Although, either way, no matter what, those are the two. This question that Casey dismisses is gone the other way in that Tanner Pearson deal. Oh. The Canucks deeply needed a backup goalie. Yep. Was it Spencer Martin before? It was Spencer Martin. Last year, they were like, Spencer Martin's our backup. They really tried it. They tried it for so long until they have like, it's like an 865. We can't do this anymore. And then it was Archer Silovs, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was also not NHL caliber. Oh, boy. What a process. They waited until now to acquire one. And they saved some cap space. Uh, by sending Tanner Pierce another way, and they also gave up a third-round pick for it. Which it's insane that Montreal has now come away from this Eric Carlson trade with not just what they've had before, but now they've added a third-round pick to the mix as well. Yeah, I told you Casey DeSmith would get traded. I, I told you Casey DeSmith would get traded. No, 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 I said, I said, you know, like, mm, you know, they could just head into, you know, into a oh. season with all these goalies. You know, they had like the logjam, Allen, Montembeau. Oh, that is true. Smith, I did say that. That's and then uh, who's the last guy? The, the seventh rounder. Yeah, Primo. Um, and yeah, it's worth worked out, and they got the draft pick for him. So that's a, that's a nice little maneuver for the Habs. You know, get some get another veteran in the mix who's yep. who's got way better vibes than Mike Hoffman. You know, oh by far. So yeah, and you get a third round pick out of it. So yeah, you're right. That that overall haul out of that Carlson trade just improves further because I don't think Casey Smith is going to add much um, to the team in his own right. Yeah, Tanner Pearson gives off similar vibes to the Sean Monahan acquisition last year. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, well, Pearson is, is a little more unique because, remember, he's coming off with the Canucks, all the injury uh, controversy. That's a weird situation, right? With yeah, hand. Where, yeah, he did not like how they dealt with his injury. He got more surgeries than they told him he was going to have to get. And even I think Quinn Hughes was talking about it publicly, like, yeah. that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's what he said, but you get the idea. And so I think, first of all, he'll probably be playing with a sense of a little freedom, you know, that he's out of a situation he didn't like much. Um, and for the Canucks, he was basically a cap dump in a way. Yeah. But he's not a bad player when he's healthy, uh, assuming the injury hasn't set him back too far. Uh, and assuming that the Habs suck, uh, this is probably someone they'll be looking to move at the deadline. This is the final year of his contract, which we've now been saying like five years in a row. Like, oh, look, they're going to trade with the deadline because they're going to suck. <laughs> probably a bad sign. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, what was I going to say? I have completely forgotten what I was going to say. Um, oh, well. But yeah, Tanner Pearson. About Monaghan, maybe? Or? Um, injury and maybe injury. Something K- about Casey DeSmith on the Canucks? No, I've completely lost it. But uh, yeah, for the Canucks, overall, decent enough trade through the cap space. I don't know. And, uh, they oh, put themselves in a bad position by desperately needing a backup goalie to the point where they have to give up a third-round pick for it. Yeah, but a third-round pick is in the end of the world. Casey DeSmith is a, is a good backup, I'd say. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, the situation, the process, the situation that they put themselves in, certainly not ideal. It's an indictment on that, on that management staff. But I think the solution they found to, uh, you know, only give up a third. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the Tanner Pearson vibes in Vancouver weren't great anymore. I think... Oh, yeah. Vancouver vibe is just so depressing. So depressing. And I feel like for Tanner Pearson, it'll be a real good thing to get out of there. Come to a more... I mean, there is that spotlight in Montreal, but I just feel like 
or not the expectations are too high. So yeah, exactly. You can just fuck off and do whatever he wants and kind of relax a bit and get back to his playing style, kind of pre-hand injury. Um, I think that should be good for him. <coughs> so yeah, I think it's a good trade for both teams. I think that's where I stand. Yeah, literally, as, as soon as they acquired Tanner Pearson, I was all like, oh, if he like plays on the fourth line, like that's fine. Like, yeah, that's kind of what I expect. And know? he'd be a good fourth liner. And I think yeah, that's that's uh, you know not 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 out of the out of realm of possibility. I think they can they can build the top nine without him. Stick him on the fourth line. Yep. Should be and great. as you say about the Canucks, you know, sure the vibes are terrible. But at least they've still got Tyler Myers and Carson Soucy on their second pair. <laughs> Thank God for that. <coughs> All right. What else on the news? Okay, go ahead. If I can continue. All right. Next item on the docket. Speaking of people, um, we have Brad Marchand, who, who, who uh, is the new captain of the Boston Bruins. He was recently named as such um, over the likes of, you know, David Pasternak maybe or Charlie McAvoy was a name floating around as another possibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like a natural choice for Brad Marchand. I feel like him and Bergeron were already kind of like leaders in that locker room last couple of years, you know, old heads from, from who won the cup back in the day, 2011. Um, so seems seems pretty good. I wouldn't dispute this. What do you think? Yeah, I, I wish people could have seen my reaction to your segue because I was in the middle of <laughs> sipping some orange juice. I almost spat it out. And I had to blow my nose. <laughs> Speaking of people. It caused a hubbub. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of, this was coming. I think we were even talking about, like, in the spring, they interviewed Bergeron, and they are basically asking him, like, oh, who's going to be captain after you? Brad Marchand? He was like, yeah, probably. So yeah. we saw this coming from a mile away. Still, it's, I don't really see Marchand in this light. Okay. Being a captain. And I, I think it's, you know, part of it is like his rat style. It's rare. Sometimes a player like that will wear an A, very rarely a C. Um, but maybe you're also measuring them up against the two most recent captains of the Bruins, Bergeron and Chara, who are really seen in the games like titans of leadership, both of them, right? Kind of difficult to, to follow up. I see Marshan, you know, he's getting up there. He's 35. Still very effective, of course. Still a top liner. I drafted him on my fantasy team, by the way. Um, a steal. Anyway, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were probably going to see is the same. Like Bergeron, he had been captain and waiting for a long time before he actually got to do it. And we're probably going to see something similar with McAvoy. It's like everyone, and like the thing about leadership is, uh, you know, McAvoy doesn't have to wait to have a C on his jersey to act like a captain. The Bruins are somehow they're they're very able to 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 foster and develop leaders there. Team, you know, every team's always talking about culture. You know, like the Bruins are one that I actually figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've got good role models. I think like Bergeron as a captain, you know, he's kind of in terms of leadership, in terms of like he's, he's really kind of demonstrated it even with the you know in his public statements, you know, he's been able to speak out. And I think yeah, it seems that they fostered a good culture in Boston. Um, and, and yeah, for me, I think I feel like for Marchand, the last couple of years, at least from my perception, he's kind of mellowed out a bit. Um, in terms of his, his rat behavior, maybe he's still just as much a rat, but it feels like the leadership vibes have kind of you know, leveled up a couple of notches um, in the last couple of years. He gives more elder statesman vibe than I would say even like two years ago. Like my perception of Brad Marchand is, I feel like has shifted quite a bit. I'll right. never be able to see him as like in 35. Yeah, yeah. no, that, 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 that's He's 27 wild. to me forever. It's crazy. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy that he's already 35, but 
Yeah. I mean, it'd be fun if the captain, you know, lost his shit, um, as, you know, he's, he's, he's been prone to do in the middle of a game, um, and, you know, lick someone or bite someone as a captain of the team. Um, gives yeah. that extra extra level of audacity. But, uh, no, I, I, my, my, my feeling is that he has kind of mellowed out, taken more of a leadership role alongside Bergeron the last couple of years, where it, it makes sense, and I feel like he's got a decent enough control as a leader of that room. Yeah, so after Marshand and Braden Shen and Quinn Hughes and Adam Lowry have all been named captains recently, mm-hmm. we are left with six vacancies for captains. One of them is Chicago. Dan Bowman has said, or is Dan Bowman, he does, he doesn't still work for that team. It's the Cal Davidson. Right, of course Dan Bowman's gone. I don't know why, but never mind, whatever. Um, yeah, it's been, st- it's been confirmed there will be no captain for Chicago this year. Okay. Well, let's ignore that. Let's pretend there will be. Right. We're going to play a game called uh, Name a Captain for this team within five seconds. Oh, All right, so I'm going to tell you the team with a vacancy, and you tell me who's our captain. If you've got to name a captain for this year, who's it going to be? Okay. Anaheim. Anaheim. Uh, Trevor Zegers. Why? He's, he's got these, he's, uh, let's see, who are the other candidates that we can even You get Troy Terry? I'd pick Cam Fowler. Cam Fowler, ooh. Good. By the time the Ducks are good, he's out of there anyway. You know, getting a new captain. Okay, that's a nice pick. I feel like Zegers has already become like the the face the last couple of years. I don't know. He doesn't have a contract. Mm, not captain thing to do. Hold out like this. Yeah. Cost on the team, but uh, no. Notwithstanding the the holdout, I would pick Zegers. All right, Arizona. Bad team. Uh, pick uh, Arizona. Jesus fuck! I don't even know who's on that fucking team. Um, who would I pick on Arizona? Clayton Keller, I guess? Probably like Nick Schmaltz, maybe. Okay. Barrett Hayden. Why not Clayton Keller? I don't know. He's been forever. Well, well the best player. Yeah, I know. Clayton Keller doesn't. I don't know. He's always talking about, like, oh, our arena sucks. Whatever. He's <laughs> not wrong. Yeah, Matt Dumba, maybe. How about Matt Dumba? Sure. New arrival. New arrival guy. You think he can wrestle control from the. Like a Clayton Keller. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. All right, next up, I think we're going to see uh, actually has, uh, a captaincy any day now. Calgary. Calgary? Ooh. Is Uyghur? Am I missing someone there? Uh, My prediction is Michael Backlund. Really? Because, specifically because Rasmus Anderson said. Oh yeah, Michael Backlund, you know, once he gets signed, I'm sure he's going to be the captain, basically. <laughs> okay, he's been there forever, right? Forever and yeah, ever, for so long. Sure, makes sense. Ooh. Was there a last captain, Gio? Yep. Oh, okay. Giordano. Giordano. Cool. Chicago. Taylor Hall. Connor Bedard. <laughs> well, see, you know. In seriousness, in a year, maybe, you know? That's the thing, like, because if Connor Bedard is going to be captain in a year, Right now, I'll name like Nick Foligno the captain. Nick Foligno, okay. I like Taylor Hall. That's what's my pick. You know, Connor, he's playing on the wing of Connor Bedard. I sure hope Nick Foligno is fucking playing on the same line as Connor Bedard. Maybe. And uh, you know, it's time for Taylor Hall to get his dues. It's time for him to get the captaincy. This is so you're saying this is a prestige position? <laughs> sure. That's, that's <laughs> bad. I think that's a bad thing. This is this is my this is this is the one I feel the most strongly about out of the last six. That's insane. I think Taylor Hall should be the captain of the Chicago team. That's the weirdest thing I've ever Why? Oh, right, next up, Hall. Philadelphia. Philadelphia? Oh, boy. I don't John know. John Tortorella. 
That's just this one. And I have a problem. Travis Connecting does not give Captain vibes. That would be a good. I was going to say Sean Couturier. I think he's healthy again. Okay. Well, Sean Couturier, if he's healthy, seems like an obvious choice. He does. He's not. If not, I think Connecty's fine too. All right, is that all of them? And one more, Seattle. Ooh. I got my answer. Hmm. Is Jordan on that team? Who? No, Jordan was on the Leafs. What am I saying? Yeah, he was, uh, Jordan was very briefly on the Kraken. Yeah, that's right. Uh, who is on this team? Jordan Everly. I know my answer. Give the C to Maddie Veneers. Maddie Veneers, okay. Yeah, slap it uh, on there. The C stands for Calder. Yeah. Hey. Nice. He's a bit young, though. Yeah. Whatever. That team is like full of old heads. He's the face of the team, Maddie Veneers. Is he? Well, he doesn't give face vibes yet. You know, give it a year, maybe a year or two, maybe. Is Shane Wright going to be the captain? No, I don't think so. Out of the young guys. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he'll play like nine NHL games, but. Yeah. Who else? Ever, what about Everly? I guess Everly's a decent option. Yeah. Yanny Gord. Yeah. Vince Dunn. Like, feels like a third line. Vince Dunn's not bad. Jamie Alexiak, Adam Larson. I feel like if they give this to anyone, they'll go to Adam Larson. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't like giving it to mid players, you know? I'm just not about that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, like, Jamie Alexiak, I'll pass. Yeah, I might as well just not have one. Yeah, I guess so. All right. That's captain talk for this week. Yeah. That's great. What else is there? Speaking of captains, Steven Stamkos is the captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. And he's sure upset that he hasn't gotten an extension yet or really had much talks at all with, with Breezeball at Co. Um, yeah, so apparently what happened, he showed up to training camp pissed because not only has he not signed an extension, he hasn't even, or his agent, I guess, hasn't even spoken with Breezeball about it. Breezeball didn't call them, talk to them, nothing. And I think people are mixing up two different sides of the story, which should not be mixed up. The first one, and I think it makes complete sense for Julian Breezeball to even say like, hey, Steven Stamkos, we're not gonna sign you until the season's done, and even then it's not a guarantee you're gonna stick around. So you know, so if you wanna keep a contending team, sometimes you gotta be cutthroat, even with your captain franchise player type thing. That I completely understand. The other side of it is then tell him that, you know, right? Because he didn't, he didn't talk to him all summer long. Let me hold my sweater close to my face, forgot. <laughs> um, didn't talk to him all summer long. Basically, it seems like kept him in the dark about what the plans were. And that's uh, an unnecessary uh, dick thing to do. I don't think Mick Julian Breezeball come across like a coward. Yeah. Yeah, he's afraid to, to have a conversation. Come on, communicate. Right. Yeah, you've got, you've got your plan, stick to it, be confident in it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I remember uh, there, was, there was a press conference at the beginning of the offseason, and Breezeball was like, uh, our mission is to sign Hegel and Stamkos to extension. Right, this offseason. Oh, I remember that. So, um, yeah, just so it just further, you know, changed his mind on his mission. More, yeah, changed his mind on the mission, and like, and it kind of emphasizes the lack of communication with Stamkos, and even more reason why he would just talk at coming into training camp. If you know, heading into the offseason, the message to the public is we're going to get Hegel signed, we're going to get Stamkos signed, and then you show up, Hegel's got his fat extension, um, but you're not even you got like radio silence from from you know for Stamkos. Um, I think it's it's totally justified, and uh, yeah, poor treatment, I'd say. And I think I think for Tampa, I, I get, I understand it. I mean, like the way they're handling it, not not the greatest. Um, but they're already in the cap crunch for next year, right? Uh, for next season, I think they yeah. have, for like twelve million dollars. 
Well, Already? Nice Sergachev deal they got there. Eight and a half million. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, and then they have a, like a, you know, a handful. No, nobody really big other than Stamkos that's a, that needs a new contract next year. But just like roster spots, right? Yeah. Roster spots that just, you know, even if they're league mid, they just end up eating up uh, that space, especially when you're down to $12 million. So, you know, uh, that they're in a, crunch, in, a, in a crunch. But yeah, like to your point, you, you don't need to mix up. Okay, maybe it's not the wisest sign, etc. Now, and also, you should probably communicate with your with your yeah. player that you're not gonna fucking talk to. You know? Yeah, you know, every good team obviously gets to a certain point where they enter a decline. Um, and I feel like I mean, it happened with Chicago. I think you know, all times you point to the Panarin Saad trade as when it really kind of exploded in your face. Like, yeah. oh yeah, this team is on the way down fast. But Tampa, so far, I think it's been a more gradual thing. And I point to the signing of the Mikhail Sergachev deal as the first sign of the decline of the Lightning. With given eight and a half million AAV, kind of makes you go, oh, maybe they're, maybe they're holding on a little too tight to what they already have. Uh, and maybe they aren't as, as smart any longer as they've been cra- cracked up to be. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it's just, you know, becoming less smart um, or if it's just as you, you know, start to burn futures, you know, and, and that kind of stacks up and your development pipeline dries up, you know, I know the good, you know, the best teams will just even despite that will continue to show players, but there is a limit to that, right? And then, and then it's like, well, you don't have any replacements, right? And then it's like, okay, well, I'm maybe going to lose Sergachev and maybe that would be palatable if I had a great development system, right? But if there's no one coming up, I need to, you know, you need to obey him, you know, and it's not such a smart decision. That's what you do because you feel like that's the only way to stay relevant, right? Stay yeah, but even I think that's definitely a part of it. Also, they did send Sergachev a year before he was even going to be an RFA, mm-hmm. so they did have time to you know negotiate further. And I think the the more general trend is overvaluing the players you've already won with, right? Right. Okay. Like yeah. Sergachev is just objectively not worth that AAV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tam had an over an inflated sense of the value he brings just because that tends to happen anytime you win a cup with certain players, you fall in love with them. So if we're going to do it again, we got to do it with them. No other way. Yeah, no, so I, I agree. That's, uh, those kind of two compounding effects drag your team down. And it does feel like this team is aging and they are capped out. Um, they're kind of able to, you know, I don't, I don't have as much confidence. I think they'll we'll still be a playoff team. Yeah, I think with the Lightning, the, the air is slowly being let out of the balloon. Yeah. And speaking of air, <laughs> I pass it to you. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. yeah got a great quote. I think last week, last week, last week we had the, the Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko quote. This week, we have an air fryer quote. Um, it's a great one. It's fun. Yeah. So this is uh, Adam Fantilli. He's living with Patrick Lyon these days, you know, together in Columbus, roommates and whatnot, and asked about his cooking. About Lyon's cooking. Lyon's cooking. Here's the quote. His cooking is unreal. I'm not even going to lie. He's a wizard (laughs) with the air fryer. I'm not even going to lie. He made us some pretty good steaks in the air fryer, and his chicken was really good, too. The minute rice was also pretty good. I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing in the kitchen. <laughs> Yay! Oh, Good shit. The bar is so fucking low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this one? From Adam um, you know, I can relate to Patrick Laine. Really? 
because I cook so much in the microwave. Okay, yeah. And I'm pretty good at it. I know exactly how much time to put things in for. I know there are some things you got to put in for a certain amount, and then like cut it and then put it back in. Get, got a real sixth sense for it that I do. He knows what he's doing. I know what I'm doing in the kitchen. I love the. I know for some people, regular hockey players especially, have like some kind of verbal tick. For Adam Fantilli, just based on that quote, it's probably, I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to lie. You know? Because, I mean, you really analyze what that means literally. And Adam Fantilli is implying that he could have easily gone, you know, he's pretty bad in the kitchen. I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, as a prank or whatever the fuck. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, it, it, it does seem like a verbal thing, doesn't it? You just, yeah. just fucking throw it in there even though it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, What's I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> what if I did? You know, like, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise the, the standards with steaks in the air fryer is kind of crazy. I find, you know, it's fucking cooking in pan. I, I don't know, know enough about air fryers. But you know, I don't know enough about air fryers. Yeah, I just feel like it's better in a pan because I, I use the air fryer. Air fryer is great. Cook chicken in the air fryer. I feel like a steak is just taking it too far. 75% of what I've heard about air fryers, I've heard from my grandma complaining about when she had an air fryer for like a month and how much she hated it. She hated her air fryer? Yeah. For a month, she yeah. said? Why she keep using it for a month? I don't know, because everyone was trying to tell her, oh, it's good. Ah, she, decent. She decided she hated it. I don't even remember exactly why. <laughs> Can't blame her. Um, but yeah, the minute rice was also pretty good. Shout out to the minute rice. Yeah. Though. He doesn't screw up the minute rice, I guess that is it. Is it minute rice or is it minute rice? I don't know. I didn't listen to the clip, you know? Maybe he meant the really small rice. He meant the, <laughs> no. I'm glad the best of the smallest rice, rice you've ever seen. <laughs> this rice is so minute. You really know what you're doing. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. Now I can't stop reading it like that. This is, uh, this is a problem. It's minute rice. This minute rice was also pretty good. I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing. Are they going to play in a line together? Maybe. Let's call it the... Fantilly balled out, as they say. They'll call it, what are they, what's the good nickname for the Fantilly line, A eh? and, and, and someone else line? Air fryer name, air fryer line. I thought you'd be more clever than that. Because they'll cook you up. Hey, hey. the chef line. Wow. Wait, the line cook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the line cooks. The, the line, line cook line. <laughs> Gross. Terrible. Can't have that second line. Um, but yeah, Adam Fantilli. Maybe you should eat some better food. You know, that's another items. That's another rookie who has the chance to be head and shoulders above recent rookies. That's right. He also prospect tournament hat-trick man. Yeah. That's right. And so yeah, Fantilli, Bedard, Cooley. The other class. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up to the rookie class. Thumbs up. A great quote. All right. Now what? He's got that puck personality. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's time for Guess Who. Unless you have anything else to... Ready for some Guess Who. Chop it up. First yeah. Guess Who of season... <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Guess Who of season five. Let's go. Now, uh, of course, there was a preseason blowout the other day. The Calgary Flames defeated the Vancouver Canucks 10-0. To be fair, the Flames did have a few NHL players in their lineup, um, and the Canucks seemed to have none, or only a bunch of fringe guys, um, so they were worse on paper. But still, 
even with that, they had a truly embarrassing showing. <laughs> truly pathetic. I watched the highlights of it. Disaster, as the score would indicate. The Canucks this week, that's not all they did, though. They made that trade we discussed, requiring Casey to Smith. And they signed two ELCs, Sawyer Minio and Ty Young. So they've been very active. And so we're doing Canucks Guess Who this week. Oh, yeah. We've got 25 players on the list. Would you like to read them? Sure. Let's read them. All right. In a random order, we have Ian Cole, Philip Pronick, Quinn Hughes, Matt Irwin, Tyler Myers, Carson Soucy, Anthony Bovillier, Teddy Bluger, Brock Besser, Philip Giuseppe, Sheldon Dries, 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 Connor Garland, Dakota Joshua, Andre Kuzmenko, JT Miller, Elias Patterson, Vasily Podkolzin, Jack Stadnika, Thatcher Demko, Casey DeSmith, Jack Rathbone, Christian Wolanin, Ilya Mikheyev, Niels Hallbrander, and Pius Suter. What order was that? It was uh, defensemen, and then forwards, and then goalies in That's alphabetical order. And then the guys I had to manually add to my spreadsheet. So okay, Rathbone will land. Because it didn't seem that random, but I can pick up on it quite a way. That's right. Sheldon Drys is one of those names that's a full sentence. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. That's a favorite. All right. What do you think of this collection? I think it's a good one. No, no, uh, Mr. Minio. You know, new no. signing. I didn't feel like adding him. No, he's the news of the day. I, I, I decided. I also didn't include Tucker Pullman because I'm. I think he's still at LTIR. That will be forgiven. Very nice. Yeah, they're always some players who you know. I just gotta just make a judgment call. Sure. And I always, I always leave it, send it to you. I leave it open to you if you want to make any changes. By the way, if we say no, we gotta include Niels Aman. We gotta put in Ty Young. Well, that request would not be fulfilled. No. No. Damn. Okay, I got my player. Yeah, me too. One second, just got to blow my nose. Sure. All right. Elevator music. Elevator music. Um, so, yeah, we're doing the thing where I guess we're not going to do the names. Um, during and before the thing, you'll just find out, listeners, as the game progresses. And you can make your own guesses. That's, That's correct. correct. Very nice. Play along. Interactive. Yeah, lots of fun. Comment who you thought I had in the first round. <laughs> Uh, see if you're right. All right. Um, I have my player, and I don't remember what happened last time. I think it's a tie. My, I'm checking. I think I'll probably go first. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was a tie. Before that, you won. So you, so you guess first. I do guess first, indeed. But that home ice disadvantage. That road ice disadvantage. Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Eight. 14, no, that's not what I want. Maybe I'll go by number. Mm. Okay, let's go by number. Um, is your player's number 35 or less? No. No. Okay. Is your player's first name Ilya or earlier alphabetically? No. Ah. That's too bad. Down to 13. All right. Was your player drafted in the first round? No. Okay, down to six. We're, we're moving, we're moving. Um, was your, how could I, I'll sort by age. How about that, sort by age. Um, was your, is your player 27 or younger? Uh, 27 or younger, yes. 
Okay, down to seven. Womp womp. Okay, this is looking good. Was your player drafted at all? No. Okay. It's, it's, it's moving. Okay. Go ahead. Was your player drafted in the top 40? My player was drafted in the top 40. Oh, down to four. Oh, hell yeah, this is great. This is lit. Ah. All right, we got Matt Irwin, Ilya Mikheyev, and Andre Kuzmenko. Sure shit not taking Andre Kuzmenko, Mr. Waffle Man. Is your player Ilya Mikheyev? No. Damn. All right, I got Sucks. Quinn Hughes, Vasily Podkolzin, Thatcher Demko, and Niels Huglander. Is your player Vasily Podkolzin? No. Damn. Okay. Here we go. Matt Irwin or Andre Kuzmenko? Is your player Matt Irwin? No. Fuck. Is your player Niels Huglander? No. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> is your player Andre Kuzmenko? Yes. Aww. Is your player... <laughs> Why is it up? <laughs> is your player Quinn Hughes? Yes. Oh, oh, gross. Yeah, that was a pretty gross round. Icky feeling. Icky, Icky feeling. feeling. Yeah. Fuck. Man, I'm, I'm glad your player was not Thatcher Demko. I'm glad your player wasn't blank. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, tied round one. Rough feeling, man. Rough feeling. It's not, not, not I do feel like I came back a bit in that one. The things were stacked against me. Yeah? Yeah. I'm happy for you. Mr. Mr. I don't go to the market for my ice cream. Save me. Yeah. You know, I was, I was fighting it too here. Andre, he's so notable. Yeah. He's a star on that team. All right, got my next player. Yeah, me too. Now I'm going to ask. Go ahead. A question about the players. One second, let me just count something. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Was your player uh, drafted by a team that's not the Vancouver Canucks? Yes. Okay, so goodbye to all the undrafteds and to the Vancouver draft picks. I'm down to 12. Was your player drafted in 2016 or earlier? No. No, either undrafted or 2017 and later. Was your player drafted in the top 52? No. Okay. Down to six. Okay. Ooh, wow. This is an interesting collection I've got here. Yeah, I have like, like, I, like I have five Vancouver draft picks, and they comprise. Five out of the six drafted players I have left. Um, was your player drafted? Yes. Okay. Cool. Does your player shoot right? Um, my player does not shoot right. Uh, I'm now getting rid of two 53rd overall picks mm -hmm. and Connor Garland. I've got three players left. So your player was drafted. So okay, so I got six players left. Five of them are Vancouver draft picks. Was your player drafted in the first round? No. Darn. How many have? That's fucking unfortunate. I have three. 
Well, I've also got three. Yeah, but it's like, you know, I like the other three better. I hate this group of three so so deeply. Okay. Yeah. We got Christian Wolanin, Dakota Joshua, and Carson Susie. Is your player Dakota Joshua? No, it's not Dakota ah, Joshua. Ass. How to be Dakota Joshua? I don't know. Uh, me neither. Anyways, um, my player is Jackson Nika. Niels Hoogleder. Oh, just said <laughs> My player is Jackson Nika. Uh, no fucking chance. No fucking chance. And Jack Rathbone. There's two fucking Jacks on this list. That's stupid. Jesus. Feels like a Jack round. Do you have Jack Stunika as your player? No. Mm. Uh, the vibes are horrible. Just thinking. I, it's fucking. I do not know who to take between Christian Mullanen. So unnotable. And Carson Susie, who we talked about earlier today. Is your player Carson Susie? Yes. Woo! Is Carson Susie? Ah, he's good. And Niels and Jack. Is your player Niels Hoglander? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Didn't go tie. double Jack. And another it, tie. It off. I should have gone double Jack. Ugh. Of course, it wasn't a Jack. When is it ever a Jack? All right. I have my player. Got my player. Great. I'll start. Yes, you will. As I am obligated contractually to do. Yep. Yep. I got okay. my lawyers ready and everything. Mm-hmm. You know it. Okay. Is your player's uh, salary this year $1.6 million or less? No. More than $1.6 million? Sweet. Okay. It's a good amount of money. Yep. Is your player's number 35 or less? My player's number is 35 or less. That's plagiarism. It is. You stole my question. That's me. It's full-blown theft. Um, Don't, just check my bibliography. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Boo. Uh, all right. Let's see. How do we divide this? I guess we can go by birthday. Okay, yeah. Birthday's good. Was your player born in uh, 1996 or earlier? No. So 1997 or later. Mm, what a gross group. Disgusting. Foul. Right. I'm gonna, here's my strategy this round. I'm just only asking a number of questions until oh, further notice. Jesus Christ. Is your player's number 15 or less? Yes. Down to six. Okay, I'm down to six too. Um, You're down to 62. Where did those other players come from? Hockey reference. All right. Um, was your player drafted by the Vancouver Canucks? Yes. Okay. Down to three. Unfortunate three. All right. Ooh, do I like this split? I. Yeah. Numbers again. Here we go. Oh God. Is your player's number seven <laughs> or less? Uh, no, it's not seven or less. Okay, down to three. Here we go. Wow. Home of the truth. What are the numbers? Let's hear the numbers. Hear the numbers? Yeah, let's hear the numbers. No, tell me my players in a second. Fine, fine. fine. Brock Besser, Elias Patterson, and Quinnethy Hughes. Mm. Oh, where do we go? Where do we go? What the fuck? These three players are all like fucking notable. It's ridiculous that you got one of them, right? It's rude as hell. If you have Quinn Hughes, I will like break the projector in this room. I will I will throw a fit. Alright. Um, is your player Brock Besser? No. Fuck you. That means you have Pedersen or Hughes. That's awful. All Jesus. Right. My three players. God damn it. 
We got, we got JT Miller. We got Sheldon Full Sentence Dries. But I'm not going to guess either one of them. Is your player Connor Garland? Fuck! Oh, it's Garland! No! It's tragic. I, I love that mix of three. You got Mr. Notable JT Miller, Mr. Unnotable Notable Sheldon Dries. That's too easy. That's sweet spot. That's too easy. Spot. No. Connor Garland. As soon as you said the two and you left Connor Garland for last, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucked. I'm so fucked. Oh, a fat loss. Was your player Pedersen? Yes. Oh, that's gross. That's gross. It sure is. Oh my god. Who were your players? Was he at Hughes? I didn't have Hughes. You had Hughes. Oh, I had Hughes. Oh, so who did you have? You had Pedersen? You had... Uh, in the first Kuzmenko? round, I had, Kuz- I had Kuzmenko. And then... Uh, who did I have last round? Oh, yeah, you had uh, Hollander. Yeah, Kuzmenko, okay. Hollander, Pedersen. That's a pretty notable trio. It is. That's kind of it could be the first line. Uh, yep. Boo! And you had Quinn Hughes in the first round, Connor Garland in the last round, second round was. I have in the second round. Carson Susan. Right, Carson Susan. Uh, he cannot make the first line. He's a defenseman. Yeah, and he sucks. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, feels good to open season oh, five with a victory. God, and back down to the hole after so long. Yeah, adding oh, here we go. Sep 26, that's today. Then. And I put in my name because I won, which means I have got three wins and two losses and six ties, <laughs> dating back almost a year to November 25th. Lovely. Kind of almost a year, not really. Coming up. Is that insane? We've been doing this for 10 months, and I've only won it three times, and I'm beating you. Crazy. <laughs> I have not won since March 12th. <laughs> since then, since March 12th. Seriously, don't get us. Here we go. The full history of this this game. November 25th was our first one. We did the Devils. I won. Then it was tie in December, tie in Colorado, tie in Jan and and uh, in, in January. We did Colorado. Anyway, tie in December, tie January, tie February. In March, March 12th, the Flyers, I win again. April 1st, we tie. May 16th, we tie. June 4th, you win Vegas. We had our hiatus. August 16th, you win Boston. Yeah, you made, you made up the ground very quickly, relatively. And then a few weeks ago, September 5th, we tied. And then today, I won. That's, how, that's where we are. Very nice. The history of guess who. Yep. Thing. It's really stood the test of time. It, it has. has. Remember, I, I first just started as like a, a stand-in for a trivia. I was yeah. like, oh, this would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Now we do it all the time. So it worked out. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I think that's it for the episode today. Yeah, probably. So next week is October 3rd. Yeah. But I was suggesting, since the regular season actually starts on October 10th, yep. we save our predictions for the day of the regular season. Oh. We make our prediction show October 10th. All right, sure. That sound lines up well. That sounds good to me. There will be a a virtual one, though, because I'll be back in Dollard for reading week. Sure. I will just be praying. You'll be praying? That they give us some news for next week. Oh. Sure. All kinds of stories are going to come out. You just wait. Manifesting these stories, you know? Just wait and see. I will. Yeah. All right. I think that's everything. So yeah, hold your horses on the season preview. It's coming in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's everything. Yep. Thanks for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Thanks for carrying onward to this fifth year. <laughs> I will not be 
uh, coughing next week, I imagine and hope. Um, yeah, that's that's it, I guess. You know, plugs, Instagram, whatever. The end.